Welcome to Leading the Evolution with Tanya Kunze. It's all about how successful people stay successful, no matter what life throws at them, how they balance business, personal and interpersonal, while staying positive and focused. Each episode formulates a story about how champions of industry have adapted, psychologically, physically and emotionally throughout their lives, and specifically to the new normal in 2020. Tanya is a neuroscience coach, author and global keynote speaker. And in each episode, she investigates and digs into the skill set and methodologies her guests have applied successfully to be agile in business, medicine and entrepreneurialism for you to practically adopt to your life. Welcome back to Leading the Evolution. I'm Tanya Kunza. And my podcast is all about a successful people stay successful, as you know, and we are talking to one successful man right now, Kevin Hinton, who is the director of the Collaborative Exchange, joining me in studio. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Tanya. Great to be here. It's just incredible to have you here. And I want you to share your exciting journey with us. What's inspired you and how you started the collaboration exchange, collaborative exchange and exactly what you do and where to from here in the COVID times? Yeah. So thanks very much, Tanya. So I've been involved in financial services in South Africa for the last 30 years. Uh, worked for many corporate organizations at uh, various executive levels. And about two years ago, I was given the opportunity to set up a new business, um, which is called the Collaborative Exchange. We work uh, broadly in financial services. So uh, we have a strategic advisory component for fund managers that want to reorganize their businesses more effectively for, with the South African landscape in mind. Um, we have a, a, a several relationships with the likes of Asset TV, um, uh, which is a platform worldwide that produces or repurposes content into a TV kind of platform that can be shared around the world. Mm. Um, we also have a strategic relation with a business called Amorphous that we do a lot of work in the digital space, um, tracking, for example, say like a, a Nordic pension fund a principal officer um, to build up uh, some kind of profile of their background and sublimely actually communicate them about a African equity proposition, for example. Sake. So uh, we use a lot of what we have around data sets and the ability to you know, access uh, people in their purchasing process. But we also run um, some of the biggest events in South Africa uh, in financial services. Uh, we run a, a, a major flagship event is called the Investment Forum, which runs in March each year. But we run a number of other properties, um, you know, throughout the you know the course of any calendar year. And and despite COVID nineteen, we have a very active sort of calendar with the year ahead of us. Amazing. So what I want to ask you is, I was invited to the Investment Forum, and I was extremely excited to attend. And I think it was a few days before lockdown was instituted. You had your event pending. What happened? Yeah, so uh, it was actually a very set, interesting set of circumstances because uh, a week or so before, I'd in fact been to Goldman Sachs conference in Cape Town and Schroeder's Asset Management, which is a London-based asset manager, also out in South Africa, running a conference the week before. And so was uh, Sunlam Glacier. They were running something around the country where they had a thousand odd delegates in it. And one of the particular fund managers uh, from Prudential, in fact, thought he had COVID that week. And um, he'd been, you know, socializing with this uh, user group. So, you know, on the, the sort of Friday before our conference was due to take place on the Monday, we now had a situation where a lot of our big sponsors were saying, you know, should we going ahead because, you know, this COVID thing is now serious yeah. and, you know, social distancing need to prevail. And we took the decision we were going to go ahead on the Monday. We knew that Sora Ramaphosa was going to make an announcement on the Sunday evening. 
but we jumped on a plane on the Saturday to fly down with, um, with, with the thought of running a 1700 in-person event. And on the flight down, we said, just, we can't do this. You know, we yeah. can't associate our business with um, if, if anybody was to pick up you know, COVID and, and was you know, known that it came from our conference, mm-hmm. we, we, we'd be dead and buried. So we took the view on the, on the flight and the way down, the team got together and said, no, let's, let's repurpose this content into the digital world. And we landed, we phoned you know, t- 26 sponsors throughout the world um, to say we were going to repurpose this, this conference in 36 hours into digital. And we did exactly that. Uh, we set up studios in Cape Town uh, and did all the recordings as if the gender had taken place. So the speakers came in, we recorded those. We did the same in Santon as well. And at that time, we had you know, champions of industry involved. So we had uh, five of the top CEOs, uh, uh, Dr. Lila Free, who's the CEO of the JSE, for example, sake, where the... The, the, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange Index uh, was, you know, the volatility index was at all-time high. Um, so you can imagine, you know, we still managed to get the CEO of the JSE wow. into a situation when trading volumes on the JSE had quadrupled literally overnight. Sure. Unbelievable. So what was the general consensus that you got back from people, you know, cancelling an event minutes before, literally, and you had all these sponsors and all these public speakers and these people coming through to communicate with you. What was the general consensus? Was there a lot of understanding? Did anybody push back? What what happened there? No, I think people knew that uh, everybody would be boxed in a corner. In fact, the government had outlawed any sort of public gatherings of that size in any event. So you know, it it, it was a force majeure, as they you know term it in legal terms. And so we had some sort of um, you know um, ability to go back on force majeure, but we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to disappoint you know seven hundred advisors that were looking for information when financial markets were stumbling. You know they they were, were tumbling in fact um, at that time. So we owed it to our sponsors. We owed it to the delegates, and you know we had very little pullback. You know there was a lot of advisors that kind of flew in from you know Valfas Bay yes. and Durban and these sort of outlying areas that had incurred travel costs and hotel accommodation costs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we obviously looked at those uh, with some sympathy. But um, the sponsors stood very firm with us. They wanted to go ahead, and the end result has been fantastic. Uh, we've managed to get not just this – in our industry, there's a thing called certified professional development yes. points that advisors need to get, yes. and our event normally attracts 11 points. But the fact that we could record everything and advisors could watch everything because we have multiple work streams that run you know, at a given time, mm-hmm. let's say between 12 and 1, we have five work streams. So an advisor is going to choose one of those. But the fact that we repurposed into digitally meant that they could watch all five as well. So now I want you to tell us more about how you did that overnight. I mean, that is an incredible feat. And that, how did you achieve that? Yeah, so, it, I mean, one is, you know, a great team of people around us. You know, when we run these events, we've always got a very strong audiovisual uh, capability and a television crew because you have to, you know, if it's a big auditorium, you've got to zoom into those individuals on mm. camera so you can blow up their faces for the, the entire audience to see. So we had we had some a, a technical crew already with us uh, in Cape Town, um, but we had an amazing you know team of staff working you know literally around the night. We didn't sleep, I think, for for two nights um, to put this together. And and it was it was it we set up a war room uh, as we defined it, and we had three you know um, different. Um, almost posters on the wall that said, you know, uh, extremely urgent, urgent and, and important kind of stuff. And only I could allocate tasks, you know, in, in that sense, because we, we literally had to run a war room to coordinate the activities of, you know, somebody recording from New York, somebody recording from Hong mm-hmm. Kong, somebody recording from London to make sure that we could, you know, we could do this uh, effectively when the time constraints that we had as well. So it was just an amazing team of, you know, highly, you know, competent professional people that 
also, you know, didn't want to stand back. You know, we could have just said, well, it's cancelled kind sure. of stuff. Um, but we, you know, we couldn't do that. It's, it's nine months of planning to get these events up and running. It's, it's huge infrastructure costs, um, huge project planning. And we didn't want to let, you know, our sponsors and that audience down. Yeah. Well, listen, there's a huge segment of the market, which is people facing. So we can lean into people that run restaurants. We can lean into people that run all events and public speaking events, etc. And you have created something quite phenomenal online, which I really want you to go into detail with with the listeners. Because if you have any of those types of events, we need to let you know that there's something available out there that can actually get your products to market. So obviously excluding restaurants, but anybody that is in that level one could potentially reach a target market. Please expand on that for us. Yeah, so we obviously been speaking to people. You know, we had Goldman Sachs in uh, from London on 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 a webinar on Friday, and uh, tomorrow we got Catherine Young from Fidelity in Hong Kong. So mm. we've been speaking to people across the world about, you know, when this will get, will get back to some sort of form of normality. But that doesn't seem to be like anytime soon. Mm. So we had to really think about our business to make sure that uh, if we couldn't run in person events uh, for some time, and we don't know what that time's going to be, sure. we needed to ensure that we could get the the closest. Uh, thing to that and we searched the world and, and came up with uh, a set of technology which we brought into South Africa now which we think is absolutely phenomenal it combines the the you can actually run a complete event in it and it combine combines all the attributes of Facebook LinkedIn SurveyMonkey uh, MailChimp and Zoom into one common interface and it provides a very very rich interface for sponsors and delegates to in fact uh, interact via this platform you know through an event it's um, incredible. I, I had a little peek at it beforehand, and it is mind-blowing how easy it is to use and, and how I think people can really connect with that. So if people want to get in touch with you for this, how do they reach you? I think the best thing to do is go to our website. It's you know, www.thecollaborative.co.za um, and reach out to us there. Um, what I didn't say also is that you, know, um, you can run these events literally at uh, probably about 40% of the cost associated with an in-person event because you no longer have the hard costs associated with venue hire and what we call DCP or delegate conference package costs. So you can run a virtual event with the informatics in the back of running these events is profound. You know, we amazing. can virtually, unlike a, an event, a live event where somebody might go to an exhibition stand and might drop their business card or you know, they might um, you know, uh, not participate all the time in the entire event, this ecosystem in this uh, technology allows uh, sponsors to extract an enormous amount of data about what the behavior has been of that delegate in that particular conference. So exactly what they have, you know, viewed, you know, how many brochures they downloaded, you know, how many business cards they've dropped, um, how many downloads they did of a, you know, of an exhibition brochure, for example, sake. So it's a complete, you know, uh, I, I keep on calling it an ecosystem. Yes. Maybe that's the wrong definition, no, like but that. it's a, it's a system that cohabits between, you know, sellers and buyers in a, in a very rich interface. I think, you know, honestly, I think this could end up being quite serendipitous because I've attended and spoken at and exhibited at many exhibitions and, and conferences in the years. And, you know, you sit with this in the old days, basically a bunch of business cards and hope you remember the face to the name and how much actually came out of that. How effective were they really? Where you've turned this whole thing around and it can become exceedingly effective because you can really, your interaction is on a totally different platform. It is on a completely different level. And, and, you know, we've been running webinars last week. We started our first, uh, in fact, we ran three webinars last week. We have three coming up this week as well. And the insights we can provide our sponsors thereafter is profound. I mean, it really allows them to, you know, to really look at the, the, the interaction that they've had from consumers in this 
in this World Wide Web. Um, let's face it, you know, webinars that you're seeing coming up at the moment, I mean, every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry's been sent a webinar link and, and you know, corporations are not really sure who's listening to their message, you know, out there. It could be the competitors. Um, this system allows, you know, we only allow p- uh, certain people to come in. There's an OTP infrastructure on it to make sure that it's Tanya Kunz coming in yes. again kind of stuff. So it has a, a bit more security protocols around it to ensure that there's not huge wastage on your kind of bandwidth of your webinars. People are putting up their hands and saying, well, I'm getting 1,500 people in my webinar. I'm thinking, you know, that's fantastic. Yes. But if you actually do, you know, some extraction of who was in there, you know, it, it, it could well be a big portion of your competitors. Do you know what? I love that. And also, I think the, the valuable asset here is really, as you say, who you're speaking to and the follow-ups thereof. And you don't want to give away too much of your IP. And I found I give away IP quite freely when I walk with my coaching processes and so on. And I, I sort of hear people regurgitating my words and I know on mine because I made them up you know mm-hmm. they came out and I have people coming through and proclaiming this new finding and what happens is when people listen to you they own it yeah and it immediately becomes their framework and that's not they'll even tell me their, my story and go oh did you know and I go yeah I told you that last week you know so it's quite fascinating how I don't even think it's intentional that people come in and extrapolate information. They just do it because it's a natural methodology of learning. So here you've, you've refined your environment. You've created more security for people. You've taken it to the next level where you can actually do data crunching. And it's, it's really exciting. So the question that I have for you is, is you know, what lessons do you, have you derived from this now? Because you've been through a massive shift and change in business. Yeah, so I think I think the you know unquestionably this, this COVID nineteen is I mean there's, there are many many sad stories out there and I think there's going to be many many more that uh, come our way in the in the months and perhaps years that lie ahead, and I think this is the, the human tragedy that's really happened out here. But I you know I always say that you know um, and in fact you know um, there's this you know saying around the world that, you know sometimes uh, you know in fact um, Warren Buffett says in mm-hmm. fact you know um, sometimes in our lives it, it rains gold you know pick up in buckets and uh, not in thimbles yes and so I think there are these you know these moments in time in history that there is you know and I think what we're seeing now is this digital acceleration happening at a, at a, at a second to none right now mm. I think you know people are going to go you know certainly look, look at the on, online shopping experiences around the world and particularly in South Africa they haven't been great. Um, I think this is the acceleration of that digital, you know, take on now, and people are finding that there is convenience in doing that. So I think there's going to be, you know, again, winners and losers in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those that can respond, you know, to adversity in these times are those that'll come out strongest, you know, um, after this. And and that's not easy. Um, not everybody has, you know, um, access to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bandwidth is expensive in South Africa, so you know the the disadvantaged communities that don't have the ability to, you know, technically, you know, serve a, a business by using tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need the, the the you know the customer interface uh, in order to run a business. Well, the fascinating thing for me that I've noticed is in the in the medical fraternity, they really taking strain because people are avoiding going into a medical environment as much as possible. They really have to be chronic to be able to go in. Um, in as such, you know, if, if a doctor is not sh- uh, sending someone off to have X-rays, that entire domain is in jeopardy now. And we also look at the legal infrastructure. You know, so the courts are closed. And so people that have held very high, powerful positions in law and medicine are sitting back and going, what, where to now? Because that's what they've devoted their lives to. What other industries do you think will be very, very hard hit coming out of COVID? And what industries do you think will actually flourish? Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
I'd su- I mean, certainly, you, you know, you've got to have the tech prowess. I think that's going to be critical because I think if the social distancing does happen for some time, you've got to you've got to make sure you've got a, a buy and a seller market that you can, in fact, you know, get access to. So, you know, if you look at you know share prices like you know Amazon, for example, sake and and Facebook, you know, those share prices are at all time high. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look at anything at the moment, uh, you know, the the way in which the world is. Um, pivoted almost on technology, you know, Jeff Bezos's, you know, personal wealth, you know, having gone through the roof, mm. um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's wealth gone through the roof. Mm. So, and we've always had these stats in the, across the world that, you know, it's 1% that owns 99% of the world's wealth kind of stuff. Mm. And I think that is unfortunately accelerating at a, at a more rapid rate. Yep. But I think the real issue here is not, is, is, is I think the way in which everybody's going to look at organizations at, at the moment is, you know, bring it back to manufacture it in your own country. Don't have it all manufactured in China. Yeah. Um, you know, grow small small businesses. You know, s- small businesses are the foundation of any you know um, economic um, um, a- you know activity or, yeah. or contribution to GDP kind of stuff. So, you know, small business is critical, and you know, I hope governments listen to that. Mm. Um, but I think there is that that sense that you know, um, local is lacquer. Um, yep. So you know, though you know, we've we've really got some amazing sort of capability sets in South Africa. You know, our, our core assets. That I, th- I hope people will buy more online. I hope the government will listen to, you know, the the importing of you know cheap commodities from China kind of stuff. You know, we're already seeing this around the world at the moment. You know, don't buy from China kind of stuff because mm-hmm. people are irritated by. You know what's really happening around the world about mm-hmm. you know China's manufacturing capability having taken over the world. So I think. I think there's definitely that. You know, if you make something good and you can find a market for in South Africa, you know, people are going to buy local again. I, I, Absolutely. I, I w- well, I would hope. I would well, hope. we hope, yeah. And the thing is, connecting buyers with sellers is something I've picked out from what you've just said now. And I want you to share with me, maybe in your platform, how we can connect buyers with sellers. You know, you might have an entrepreneur sitting out there and you might have a small business owner going, yes, pick me. But how do they get out there? What do they do? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think I have the advice for everybody out there because I think everybody's situations are, you know, are different kind of stuff. I think you, you know, one is you've got to, you've got to think seriously about, you know, is, is does that market exist out there anymore? Yep. You know, um, you know, who's in fact, you know, where it might have existed yesterday doesn't mean it's going to exist tomorrow. Mm. Um, you know, so you know, uh, but also I think there's also this this thing that you know, do something. You know, in other words, don't sit on inertia and 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 it can't be done or you know I can't do it kind of stuff. I think this is an opportunity where. You know, if you if you embrace technology, you know, um, as as one one can kind of stuff. I think there's great opportunities out there. It's a question of sifting through those and understanding that there is in fact a market for that. And you know, you've got to make sure that whatever you're doing in life, there's value. Absolutely. In other words, so whether it's selling a commodity, there's value in the selling a commodity, or if you're selling technology or your services. Um, bear in mind that the world is now your oyster. So in other words, you can now, you know, you can buy in very efficiently from Amazon. You can source product from around the world, kind of stuff. So it does, unfortunately, you know, often that happens. It goes to the large, large-scale producers mm-hmm. uh, around the world that can do it at a lower unit cost than than you can domestically here. So, you know, things like import tariffs and you know trade protection agreements, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, are are, are big. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd hope that the government would really, in South Africa, that is, you know, come to the rescue of the small business uh, because that is the foundation of this country. This this is the only you know real. Um, entity that has the capability, you know, innovation happens and entrepreneurs happen with small companies. 100%. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing that's coming up for me here is the borders might have locked down from a practical perspective and from a product perspective. But from an online perspective, the world is without borders now. 
And we are capable now to be heard in America and in Australia and in South Africa. And we can really communicate and we can operate on a more global platform. So on one side, there's quite a shutdown. On the other, like you say, the world's your oyster. So you can really open up into that space. And I think entrepreneurs need to realize that they can actually get out there mm. and, and, and it's not over and they, they mustn't cower. They've got to find a way through and get online. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, South Africa has so many great assets. You know, we've got a strong university system. Um, you know, if you go look at um, in Stellenbosch, what happens around, you know, that, that sort of ecosystem, the, the Sil Stellenbosch Silicon Valley yes. equivalent, yes. the things that are happening under, under that, you know, that area kind of stuff with, um, you know, Amazon, you know, employing a lot of people out of, you know, out of the Western Cape to actually work for them. Um, you know, um, NASPAS doing much the same. They snap up any university student coming out of, um, you know, Stellenbosch University that's got a strong maths and science background. Amazing. Um, uh, I was dealing, in fact, there are many tragedies of us not going ahead with the conference. One of them is that we, you know, we sourced responsibly from South Africa our delegate conference banks. And there's an amazing business in KZN that help, helps, you know, communities uh, manufacture these conference banks that are made out of uh, recycled uh, PVC banner walls. In other words, those big yes. banners you see going to the airport, for example, so they take that PVC material yeah. and they remanufacture the most amazing uh, delegate conference bags in all sorts of forms and shapes and sizes. Oh, wow. They have an export permit, but they don't do much, you know, from an export point of view, but here's a great opportunity. And it's, it's environmental friendly, you know, kind yeah. of stuff where the world, this ESG, environmental, social and governmental issues is becoming, you know, mainframe now. It's on the conversation of, you know, all big listed companies throughout the world. And, you know, you've got these sort of entities in South Africa because we are, you know, our currency is weak, they can manufacture here, can export, be very competitive. And, you know, we'd love to help those companies get their products into, you know, some of the major, you know, conference platforms around the world because it's, it's 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 amazing and it's you know it's good for society. It's 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 creating employment in South Africa. Mm. It's it's instances of that sort that, and I'm sure there are many many of them, that you know because our currency is weak, it, it allows us to produce things at a lower cost yeah. than anyone else in the world can produce it. So we have to use that as an asset as well. Absolutely. And and I wanted to talk about COVID kindness. I've come up with that little terminology. And I know you've certainly shown that. We've chatted before about how you've how you've positioned that. But have you seen any acts of COVID kindness going on there? People have actually helped others up and, and helped them across the finish line. Yeah, I think there's many examples of that. I, th I think there's been some amazing sort of reach out programs with people that are, you know, not just, you know, the, the hunger, you know, aspects at the moment, but, you know, broader than that. I think most people I speak to in, in my own common so social circles, you know, have reached out in one way or another. You know, we helped a young guy, um, Eddie, and, I, you know, Eddie's story is, you know, absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I discovered Eddie at a, at a traffic intersection and he makes the most amazing stuff out of wire and, you know, he made some stuff for us for the conference. In fact, okay. we had these A-frame stands made. He made 50 of them. We were going to showcase his work, at, you know, at the conference in Santon where, you know, you know 1,200 foot soldiers oh, were going to wow. come through. And, you know… Um, you know, Eddie also is uh, taking his wear and he, he puts that into schools in South Africa as well. He goes and teaches children at his own expense saying, well, if you can't find work, I can show you this trade. Yes. And um, so we've tried to help Eddie. His, his story is very sad because uh, he told me that he had cancer as well. And sure. um, we're helping him out in that, you know, to get treatment for that as well. But there are many examples where, you know, if you stop to think and you stop to take time and you stop to ponder kind of stuff and – you know, you can look in the eyes of people generally to see whether they're genuine. And, yeah. and you know, and, and, and I saw in Eddie, you know, that there was a man that was hardworking, you know, all the attributes that, you know, one requires to to build a business. Um, but he needed some help to help him get him there. And, and so 
I think there's, and I don't want that just to come across as our statement, but I mean, that's that's just one random act of kindness mm-hmm. that, you know, we want to help Eddie. We want to make sure that he's got a, a growing and viable business kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and hopefully he can prosper in time by us reaching out to our connections across you know, society in general to see if he can get more work on his plate. Um, 100%. I mean, if we can all find an Eddie and help that person to the next level with our abilities and our know-how, isn't that just the most beautiful thing? I think there's a lot of camaraderie coming out so there's there's so much upside actually coming through to assist and help people but there are also going to be casualties of war have you heard of anything from a negative perspective where people have have really been more of a casualty um not 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 specifically i mean you know i obviously i think we've got some concerns about uh, 500 billion rand that our president's announced as you know as as relief into the mm. system and how that's working itself into the various channels and mm. you know one hopes that that goes back to you know to to the right people that uh, are deserving of it and isn't lost in the in the logistic system of you know supply um, mm. and 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 you know what might happen in that supply chain as well so but you know that's more speculative than it is factual. Um, you know we've heard examples of you know that the fact you can buy alcohol from policemen in South Africa. You know now. Um, right. um, you know they are actually somebody that I know very personally has actually bought it from from a policeman. Um, oh, you know right. they were stopped at a roadblock and said, "Well, I've got, and if you like it, you know you can buy it." So they, you know they are, and this is this is factual. This is not speculative. Sure. This is you know this is real. Um, so there are these things that happen, but I think that's going to happen in, in, in any society when, you know, we go through these, you know, extraordinary times. Absolutely. I mean, if we look at this, it's almost like we're going through World War Three. You know, it's just the enemy happens to be a virus and we're all now in our various segments sort of shutting down borders and, and trying to figure it out and try and walk through it. And, you know, as, as much as there are a lot of positive stories where people are helping and working together and the entrepreneurs are flying and certain people are really making it, people on the other side are also going through things. The suicide rates have gone up and starvation is certainly there. The thing that I would really like to try and see is people teaching people how to grow their food from seeds, you know, mm-hmm. because if we are going to be facing more of this down the line, I think to enable and teach people, teach a man to fish rather than you know, give him the fish, I think, that, and give him the fish at this point. But, you know, to provide people how you can you can feed your family from the size of a door, you know, the, the when, you, when you plant seeds and that kind of thing. So I think we need to start looking at the practicalities of what does tomorrow potentially look like and how can we come through this. So, but from back to the business side of things, from a business perspective, what do you think business is going to look like, your assumption of what business could look like moving forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm perhaps a bit of a, an optimist in that sense, and that, that I think that you know I believe in that mankind generally is is good. You mm. know, that's my starting point, and right. I think that mankind has the ability to work through its problems and, and will solve these problems in one way or another. I mean, the you know the science that is going into you know a vaccine for COVID must you know is, is profound. Um, you know, the the fact that you know governments will have to re re stimulate economies around the world at the moment, and they'll throw a, a you know a flood of money. You know, three trillion dollars is a number that you know. Trump has thrown at the US system and I think you know there's more of that to come um, because I think they need to ensure that you know people are you know US getting to an 18% unemployment rate at the moment you know these are things that you know constituent uh, government you know cannot afford Um, Mm -hmm. but I I think there are you know structural issues that are going to take some time to work through the system but I I, you know I think I, I would hope certainly we look back at this in three years time um you know we saw that with the global financial crisis that we saw you know, in 2008 where you know again governments came to the party to actually provide liquidity in the system and and that accelerated in fact if you looked at the stock market growth you know from that period onwards you know we had one of the, the you know the fastest growing you know 
uh, stock markets in the world ever. You know, mm. S and P five hundred um, reached all time all time highs. So I think I think there is um, you know I, I believe in mankind means well and and wants to do well kind of stuff. So there are structural issues that will take some time to get us out this mess. Yes. But I think if you look back on this in sort of five years time, I think you will see markets higher. You will see unemployment down. And this is only, you know, this is my lens. I'm looking no, through course. the world. So perhaps it's my own chosen lens. That's that great. it is, you know, um, but I, I choose to be positive. I, I choose to make a difference. I, I choose to get involved kind of stuff. That's, that's my own personal choice. And, and I, I love that. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I don't come from a, a you know, a family that has an enormous amount of money. I came from, you know, a, a poor family. Mm. Um, but that hasn't held me back. You know, it hasn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stop you from, in fact, applying your mind, um, you know, intuitively working hard. You know, doing the things that are that are generally good in order to to build a business. Uh, you know, trust. Um, you know, you know, identifying opportunities. You know, going after those opportunities wholeheartedly. Convicting. Hard work. You know, hard work is is the is the best recipe for for most things in life. You know, people work hard. You know, invariably those successful people will tell you that they've had to work, you know, weekends and through the night uh, yep. on many, many a time in order to, to build the business. Everybody looks back and says, you know, they were lucky, kind of luck. You know, mm. I don't think luck, luck does play a role now and again, but if you're relying on luck in, in isolation, it's not going to get it's you there. It's not going to get you there. I mean, I look at my own business and so my business was client facing. And I had, you know, I had to ca- cancel all my events that I'd been pre-booked for three months because they had a minimum of 25 people in a, in a session in a day. And I had to take my business online overnight. So within two months, I now have an online course. I've written my third book, fixed up my first book, narrated my first book, putting it onto Amazon. I mean, if you just one thing after the next, creating podcasts, you've just got to get up and think outside the box. But if people don't have access to technology, what advice would you give them from, I suppose, from a mindset perspective and also from a practical perspective? What would you suggest that they would do? I think that's, I mean, it's a difficult question because, again, everybody has different skill sets and, and, and you can't apply those skill sets universally. Um, I, I think, you know, it's probably a lot more difficult for, you know, for me to sort of say there's a there's secret source out there because I, I don't think sure. there is secret source. I no. think I think you've got to almost look at yourself and look what attributes you have and what capability set you have kind of stuff and look for ways in which you can create value, you know, out of what, what your asset is, whatever that asset might be, whether it's, you know, tangible or intangible uh, to some degree. And try and create a platform where you can, in fact, you know, there, there are lots of support groups around, you know, uh, helping people to get, you know, to get their products and services out there. And I think that's going to accelerate. Um, yeah. You know, you you talk to me about, you know, how can I help you and, you know, how can you help me? So I think your your networks now come into play more so than ever, you know, and, and leverage those. You know, um, this is not a period where, you know, companies are going to make enormous amounts of money, I think. I think this is a, a period where you can look to survive. 100%. I love that you said that, and I'm so glad you brought up the, the networks because that was something I was going to try and bring in now as well, in that, you know, I think it's less about going to someone and say, please help me, can I have, and more about what can I do to enable you so that I can enable me. Mm. And it's about that spider web of growing together and, and reaching out to people that you can assist and in turn, there's, there's this whole community that's starting to develop with people that maybe don't have technology that can almost have a bartering system mm. with one another and going, you know what, you do this for me, I'll do that for you, this community, and, and really creating a community consciousness. Mm. And I think that's how we're going to survive this. Drop the ego and get out there and work. 
Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, obviously, you know, post the Second World War, there was enormous stimulation that happened that, you know, governments granted those soldiers, you know, the, you know they granted them money to go and let them buy a TV and a fridge and a car. And that really accelerated the, the post-war sort of uh, period. And, you know, it was stimulated by the government to some extent. And, mm. you know, obviously, you know, the, all the, the manufacturing production that had gone into the war then actually converted itself into, you know, commerce yeah. um, in effect. So, but, you know, think about, society in general you know we've always been traders you know if you think about it you know you know the dutch came to this country to trade something you know so you know you've always had trade routes and you've always had traders and i think this is the time now that you've got to work on what it is that you have to offer and what it is you know you have to you know to sell or to buy ultimately and and you know whatever as i said whatever the asset that might be um you know whether it be technology whether it be you know core production capabilities um you know whether it be you know um academic sort of you know skill set that you have offering you know you know additional teaching for you know yeah. kids are going to be schooled at home you know Absolutely. there's lots of you know people that are retired that were teachers and that kind of stuff you know how can they actually enhance that that teach at home sort of thing yeah. so I, th- I think you've got to just like you've got to think out the box now yeah. you know the, the the way we solve the problems for yesteryear are not going to be the way we solve them for tomorrow. And I think you need to reflect on that and own it and deal with it. Um, You know, it's sometimes easier said than done. And I know, you know, a lot of people don't look upon themselves of having an asset. You know, I have people that contact me constantly through LinkedIn and Facebook saying, you know, I was a temp and I've been retrenched and, you know, know, can you help me kind of stuff. Mm. And I think there's lots of those you know, I've got two children and, you know, they, I can't feed them kind of stuff. So there are lots of those very sad stories sure. out there. But, but you know, you've, you've really got to reflect on yourself. You've really got to look at yeah. your own characteristic, your own skill sets, and, and, and how you can enhance those skill sets in this particular point in time. You've got to hustle to make money. You've got to hustle. And the thing is interesting is I think now's the time to actually follow your passion because every single person will have had a, a library of books that's definitive to – who they are and what they're about. You know, I used to look at, at uh, my ex-husband is a trader and he used to have all the financial books on the one shelf. And then there were all the psychology and self-help books on the other shelf, which belonged to me. And there was a definitive interest there. And, you know, you've got to go into that interest. Now oh, maybe as an opportunity to start living your passion. And, you know, it might take two, three months to generate income. But the upside is the probability is if you do something, you're going to generate income. If you do nothing and you just become a victim, well, nothing can come of that. So it's about taking that step. Is there anything you want to leave with us coming to the end of this podcast that you want to share that's just top of mind for you that you maybe want a piece of advice you want to leave with the, with the, with the listeners? No, Tonya. So, I mean, I just want to say, you know, congratulations, firstly, on all what you've done in this sort of <laughs> lockdown period. You were telling me about how your income's, uh, you know, not halved, but but more so than, than yes. half in this sort of period of time. But, you know, you're not taking that line down. No. I mean, you're doing something about it. You, you're trying to make a conscious effort to, you know, to make a difference and to, and to, to establish where there are new uh, revenue streams. I think, you know, if you looked at me sort of 12 months ago and, and, and sort of asked of me then, you know, what my business is looking like this year, this was going to be one of our great years. You know, we'd done a lot of new things kind of stuff and we had a lot of pipeline work in the system. We still have that pipeline work in the system. We're just mm. doing it in a very different way. Awesome. And and I think it is about looking at your skill set and and how you can improve that skill set in uh, you know in this time. You know um, your point also. I think I think if you if you know most people work because they have to. They put food on the table, kind of stuff. They don't really enjoy it. You know yeah. they, they go through the the dreary of life of as I call it. Um, you know just getting by, kind of stuff. And I think this is an opportunity to reflect on that to say, you know uh, life is short. Um, you know, um, 
you know, make a difference kind of stuff. You know, stand up and be counted, own it, as, as you've said, mm. um, and do something about it. You know, um, you know. Again, I, I do empathize with people that that aren't in that mindset and sure. aren't in that. You know, and I've, I've worked in the corporate world long enough to know that there's lots of people that are quite happy to go, you know, Monday to Friday kind of stuff. You know, you know, nine to four, and and that's it kind of stuff. Mm. And and then they look back on life generally and say, you know, what did I accomplish? But mm. they, 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 they have become victims of their own, their own circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a time when, you know, you can't afford to do that. You can't afford to sit back and rest on your laurels. This mm-hmm. is the time for, to re-energize, to uh, reskill, uh, to reach out. Um, you know, this is, a, this is an inflection point in time. Fantastic. Well, a special thank you and to our listeners for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much.